I'm so happy to start this conversation uh, about creativity and innovation in uh, the first uh, podcast and first episode. I'm happy to introduce you my guest, Jamshid Alamuti. Uh, he is he is the um, founder of uh, PI School, where machine meets human creativity. And we will be talking about creativity, innovation, and entrepreneurship. This is what uh, Jem is uh, doing, and uh, he will tell more about his mission and the, and the idea of the school. So, Jem, let's start with the first question. Mm-hmm. Um, how did it all start actually? How did you come to this idea and what is the PI school? Okay, well, so um, first of all, um, thank you for your time and for the interview. Um, um, secondly, um, I'm not the only founder of the PI school, I'm the co-founder. Um, I am emphasizing this because without my partner, um, nothing of all this would have been possible. Um, it all started as I um, uh, was urging my former adventure, which was the Bellini School of Creative Leadership, to move a lot more towards merging and integrating technology into the creative um, industry and creative world. But um, I guess at that stage, um, Bellini School was uh, just starting to be a healthy organization, moving solidly forward and being a um, foundation, there was no real urge to um, step up and go to reach frontiers and beyond. So um, I decided to leave and uh, look for the opportunity elsewhere. And um, literally um, a week after uh, my decision was firm and um, I had started my new journey, I met my partner Marco Trompetti in uh, Barcelona uh, within the um, ADCE um, festival, the Art Directors Club Europe Festival. And uh, it took us only a few minutes. Um, Marco is um, a a serial entrepreneur, is a bright mind, is a um, fast thinking genius and um, comes from the technology and artificial intelligence background and myself coming from the leadership, uh, education, and uh, creativity. And uh, we both had the very same uh, vision. A, we wanted to marry the two and bring them together. And secondly, uh, we both were believing in the new um, type of school uh, or education of future. And um, that was the initial reason for us, in fact, to then join forces and um, found uh, Pi School. So um, my partner has originally started his business in online translation. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is one of the most successful, if not the first and biggest um, translation company uh, worldwide. And, uh, with, and this is like about 20 years ago, you must imagine. Uh, with the profit he made out of that first adventure of himself, he founded uh, around six years ago um, Pi Campus, which is a venture capital based in Rome uh, with the vision of focusing on using and applying artificial intelligence 
on any type of startup and business which can relate to the um, local environment. So what Rome and Italy is famous for, um, such as fashion, food design, etc. Now at the same time, Marco's vision was before all talents from all the world go uh, to Silicon Valley, let's build a local Silicon Valley all over the place and let's spread the, the talent. Um, after probably having some six years of successful uh, venture um, with like over 200 people sitting in five villas in 30 startups um, within one location in, uh, in Rome, Marcus started to feel the need uh, that if he's not adding design and creativity into um, uh, his technology-driven startups, the technology would only become a commodity. And uh, so he was looking for a partner from that corner, while I was looking for a partner from the technology side because I was sure that the creativity and design only will flourish and be able to have an impact on bettering the planet if um, it is going in friendship and hand in hand uh, with um, technology. As I believe if innovation is a baby, the father and mother are technology and creativity. Which one is father, which one is mother, I don't know. Mm -hmm. uh, but I believe the two of them need to come together in order to um, uh, make innovation being possible. So um, as simple as that, we had the urge to set up the school. And uh, we were clear about one thing. We want to have it different. And uh, to differentiate, we started to look into, so what is the so far existing uh, traditional education and what would make the change and different um, and uh, ended up deciding on some key points which we both truly believed in it. Uh, one key element is we believe education should be free of charge for those who learn it because we believe those who actually use the knowledge of those participants are the ones who should pay for it. Um, so that's why almost every program we deliver is either free of charge or for a very little amount of money and the little amount is just a mental trigger for the participants to realize I am committing to something it's not because of the money we want to charge in itself so this is the rule number one um, our future vision is we will come to one day where we pay people to come and learn at our place um, that goes back to the talent issue we are very selective in terms of who should come and sit in our classes. We usually, for a group of 20 we want to put together, we at least look at 600, 700 uh, applications. Mm -hmm. So um, the second thing which is really important is the space. Um, for me, after 20 years of experience in education, I know that um, you know this square-shaped classroom style is over for long. So we wanted to make sure that the space we provide uh, for participants to learn in needs to have um, uh, another flair. It's not necessarily about let's pump it up with technology or let's design it beautifully. It's just like, let's feel different in that environment. So we started to ask ourselves, where do you feel most comfortable uh, in general? And then we end up again and again realizing people, the safe space for a person is 
uh, their homes. Mm-hmm. So um, we want to have the classrooms and our school being a home. Therefore, we started to look for a villa and um, without changing the shape of the, let's say, living room, kitchen, dining room and everything, um, we turned it into our classroom. So it's a magnificent space with garden and pool and everything. So um, you come there and you think you're on holidays, especially being in Rome, like most of the time is sunny. So uh, this worked this way very well. So the space was the issue. The um, education for free was the issue. The um, other very important thing which differentiate our fundamental approach to anyone else is how the curriculum is coming together. Most of the current um, um, education bodies um, start putting together what they think and believe from the past and history is a wide range of topics you need to learn and start preaching them into the uh, mind of the students. Uh, We started to think, so why people learn? People learn because they want to do something with it. Uh, And what do you want to do with it besides earning money, of course? Uh, And of course, you need to make money because you want to make things happen. But beside this factor, why would we do something? And as you hear it yourself very often nowadays, everyone is talking about being meaningful and having an impact and da 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 So, but the truth is, those who don't just use it as a buzzword and mean it, they want to solve a problem. So, we go backwards. We say the first step in order to define what needs to be lectured in a classroom is where is a problem. So we are problem seekers. Once we go to organizations and once we know one of their key strategic uh, relevant problems, we start looking backwards and say, okay, if we would like to solve this problem, uh, what knowledge do you need to have in order to uh, apply it to? And so from there, we decide what topic needs to be trained and lectured. Then we would ask ourselves, okay, so if this is the problem and this is what you need to teach, who is the best person to sit and learn about this? From there, we go and try to look for the best talents um, suitable for that uh, program. And uh, then we start designing and bring everything together. So the organization who has the problem pays to see the problem being solved. That money is invested in screening and selecting the top of the pop of the talents related to that subject matter, bringing uh, world-class mentors and coaches and trainers together for that, Mm -hmm. and then making sure that the last part of our differentiating aspect is time. Um, Usually, education bodies go through a long-term theoretical learning process. We think we want to take that part of our culture, which is the entrepreneurship and startup mentality, and we apply that on the education. And so we want to be fast, we want to be agile, we want to make mistakes, we want to drop it off, get up and make new things again. So our programs mostly go between, like the longest one goes between eight and 12 weeks, no longer because we believe that if you stay much more longer on that one problem, the problem is probably no more valid. So so these are basically the issues I could say as key elements 
where uh, makes our school being a different school. And so it's about school and in the campus you educate and you allow uh, uh, the students to do some projects already, work on certain... Uh, no, no. Um, the high school is the place what, what you just said is happening in. Uh-huh. High campus, high campus is um, only a venture capital fund. Mm. So it's um, it's co-funded by Marco, is driven by him, and uh, with the pure focus on um, spending um, on seed stage, so very early stage of um, investments, companies say for um, shares of 7 to 12%, something between 20 and 200,000. That's the starting point, that's a push point. What we do, however, and why it is called the campus is that um, not only Marco and Pi Campus invest in those startups uh, with financial, but it also provides them the space of the campus. So they can immediately move into the Pi Campus villas have their um, already set up working environment. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, while they are working on their success and growth of their own organizations, they have a constant exchange with other startups. They meet other new bright, uh, like bright talents. So mm-hmm. gathering and the networking helps a lot. Uh, Marco then um, specifically and personally start to mentor them, to support them in terms of grow. We as a school try to teach them business skills and uh, Marco tries to uh, support them to go towards the next stage of uh, raising money. And uh, so they literally start their um, vision at our campus and um, at some level of growth, they move on. Yeah. Okay, I must say that I was lucky to join your session in Berlin and actually uh, I was really interested in the, the whole name, then I read about it, uh, then I saw the speakers and I became really cu- curious about what is it. I must say that it was absolutely great experience, uh, the approach of, uh, of the session, the material, uh, the speakers, the networking guys are really also uh, the type of people who are challenging their brains all the time. They just not sticking to the certain procedures, but really like to create and change something and for good, of course. So it was an absolutely great experience for me. Thank you for that. (laughs) So uh, can you please also uh, tell... uh, uh, I saw that you offer two disciplines, School of Artificial Intelligence and School of Creative Entrepreneurship. Yeah, Uh, and and a few more. Yeah, Yeah, I can tell you something about that. Yeah, can you tell more about this program? Yeah, sure. We decided to call um, our programs, not programs, but schools. So the high school is the roof. And under that roof, we have other uh, pillars as different schoolings. Um, So School of Artificial Intelligence, School of Creative Entrepreneurship, School of Creative Technologists, and so on and so forth. So for each program which is developed and is given birth to, we set up the whole school uh, as a concept. Why do we call it school? 
because we want to make sure that the attention we put behind every single program is um, as high as, as if you would set up a physical school only for that subject matter. That raise the level of um, uh, attention we pay into that. So for example, if you go to a traditional school or university or, or um, MBA school, you will find they have, um, um, let's say one supervisory board, which are usually three or four famous people, interesting people, each of them maybe with some expertise in some, certainly some um, um, field uh, of industry. But um, within that university or body of education, many different things are happening. So how can we assure that each single of them receives a huge amount of attention in terms of knowledge and expertise? So when we say School of Artificial Intelligence, then we go and have only three people purely being the supervisory board of that only single program. So let's say Artificial Intelligence is a good example of because it was one of our first programs we started. We have people from um, head of AI of Amazon and the former um, AI director of Facebook. A um, couple of brightest minds of this planet are sitting in there. As coaches, we have people from Google Brain. Um, so a good bunch of people, uh, unique in their fields of expertise, are brought together to be the supervisory board and mentorship of that program. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has its own faculty director, even if it's not the, maybe not right word, but we are using it because this is what people understand when we talk about. So it has a director which is focusing on content, usually a PhD guy or a professor or someone with like long years of experience on that subject matter. And so uh, it has its dedicated program manager, etc., etc. So each program for itself has a niche expertise, while at the horizontal level, we try to be as um, emerging and as diverse as possible, and uh, don't focus on one of these pillars only. Um, so what we do is basically, we copycat the concept on each segment, like on entrepreneurship and startup and design, uh, sorry, um, entrepreneurship and startup and leadership, than on technology, specifically AI, and uh, on creativity and design. And then we try to horizontally network those together. Um, our goal originally was to create classes where designers and technologists can sit together in one class and work on a project. Mm-hmm. And uh, we came very close to that now after one year of working on it. And uh, the 2019 programs mostly are bringing, uh, are bringing the two together in one classroom. So it's more designers and uh, technology? It's um, from the technology parts, we are mostly talking about AI uh, engineers, artificial intelligence uh, engineers. Um, and from the creative part, we are talking about designers, uh, but also um, creatives all sorts. So from the advertising, from the film industry, from the gaming industry, uh, it's very broad. It very depends on what problem we want to solve, as I told you before. So uh, the profile of who is sitting in a class is often dictated by what problem do we want to solve. Mm-hmm. 
Mm -hmm. And how about uh, those who are managing creatives or managing the project? Are you going to involve them? Absolutely. I mean, we have programs where these type of people are sitting as participants. We have other programs where these type of people are sitting as coaches mm -hmm. and uh, trainers. So very often when we talk about teaching and lecturing, we don't have really a, um, a university professor sitting there and talking. We do have those in different programs um, to give their insight and experience. But most of the time, people are true experts coming from a real working environment, knowing about the current pains and challenges. Mm -hmm. So um, they connect much better and faster with the people. And uh, so it's a good mix to, of both of them, academics and people with experience. Uh, what do you think are the biggest uh, challenges in pairing entrepreneurship with creativity? I think fortunately uh, I see that challenge as um, a very easy one because um, I know what the problem is. So therefore when you know the problem, it's easy to find a solution. Um, I think the major, um, major point um, so far for the two corners of technology and uh, design and creativity why they cannot come together quick enough is twofold. The one aspect is every party thinks the others don't understand me. Mm -hmm. And that's partially true. But it's only true because of the field of expertise and not because of them as human beings. And the trouble is that they often forget that as human beings, they might be closer to one another as they think. Now, of course, we are talking about characteristics. When I tell you, like they are closer together, they might wear the same jeans and have the same hobbies and watch the same movies and uh, drink the same beer. Uh, even reading the same comics, you know, their, um, their um, leisure time might be identical. If you see them on the street, you might actually think um, you, you mistake them. One step before that, when it comes down to work, they're of course different. One is more accurate and straightforward and fact-related. The other one is trying to be, you know, uh, open-minded and the blue sky. And, and so their approach to look for solutions are different. But how they approach it is something that the other side can easily learn, adapt, or at least understand. Um, but that has never been done because they were never brought together. Mm. Every one of them was put in their own tracks following the same uh, concept. So the key element is they think the other person does not understand me. And uh, so one of the key elements we, we work on is to make sure that that understanding, that mutual understanding is created. Um, the second thing is that it's difficult to make them understand that they need one another. And typically human being they only realize that need when it starts hurting and it's almost too late. And then they are looking for a solution and then they find it. So what we do is to accelerate that process. We try to educate them to understand that if they want to make what they do becoming better, they need a portion of the other person. And so um, it is working quite well, in fact. We have people who come from one side and ask us, how can you help me to go to the other side? How do you assess the impact of the PI initiative with, of PI school on entrepreneurship? Do you see already some shifts? Uh, uh, it's 
too early to talk about it. Uh, well, I can say if I would measure the um, measure our own progress at the moment after almost a year, we started. We, we founded the school February 2017. We started to born the idea September 2016, um, and we launched the operation of the organization September 2017. So uh, we are now almost exactly one year on the road right now. And uh, one of the key um, um, factors I can use to measure our progress is the amount of organizations who proactively now come to us, ask us to do something for them already after that year, uh, which shows they have uh, seen the first success um, stories and that convinced them. Um, also, the concept of um, providing education free of charge and focusing on solving problems, not running after creating some artificial solutions um, has made a good name for us. So uh, we are truly problem seekers. Um, our goal is to, you know, like we don't compete with big um, innovation companies such as Google or Facebook or you name it. But we claim that one day, the two people who will actually, you know, launch the next better Facebook or Google will meet at our place. The okay. technology guy and the creative guy who bring the next Google of this world will meet at our place. This is our mission and that's what we put all energy behind. And, uh, and it looks flourishing and it looks it's working. It's expanding quite, quite well. So. I hope you are on a good um, pattern. Yeah, I hope to. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, just a last question. Can anyone be creative? And actually, what's the basis for creative entrepreneurship? Okay, so um, yes, I do believe uh, that anyone can be creative. Um, it's It's... Uh, of course, true that some people have specific talents for um, for craft, and from that perspective, often creativity and art are mixed in. Because um, when you're talking about having a creative idea to solve a problem, almost anyone who opens itself, like themselves, up to uh, let's go through an unusual path to find a problem, like a solution for a problem can uh, end up using um, um, creativity. Mm -hmm. uh, I think often when people go and say, ah, this is a talented um, copywriter, or this is a brilliant uh, graphic designer or illustrator, yes, that person might be great in doing some illustrations. Is that then translated into creativity or is that finance guy who sits there and cannot draw any nice drawing and painting, but sits there in front of a complicated financial task and doesn't solve it by the nature of, you know, limited financial knowledge, but come up with a with an idea that no one had before in order to bypass the problem and solve it. Wasn't that a creative idea? So um, we are opening up the, um, the creativity and the ideation perspective from that part. When we talk about design, 
obviously we are talking about some beauty elements like you go um, and talk about product design and service design and user experience and user interfaces and then you know okay technologically you have found a solution for something and now you want that piece of technology being uh, loved by us in our hands mm-hmm. and being used by us and we love it and we like it and therefore it needs some aesthetic it needs some taste it needs some you know it, it needs some proper design um, to interact with and um, I think that one again is something we would have to agree people learn it and have it as talent and can master it so um, not everyone could come and build a beautiful chair you know what I mean everyone can build a chair but few of them can have a beautifully designed chair so um, yes everyone can be creative but in different layers and different um, depth with different causes, of course. I think the entrepreneurship is the key element, both in terms of technology and creativity, where you have these talents with their crafts and they know this is what I can do, but they don't know what do I do with it. So if I can come up with a great idea or if I can write a nice code, what then? And the entrepreneurship is helping them to understand about how can we turn this into a business? How can you attach this knowledge and craft into solving a problem which is relevant to people, having an impact? And if this is the case, how can you package it in a way that you can build an organization around it with certain speed and move forward and scale it and expand it? And so this is all that pattern of entrepreneurship, which is to be understood, to be learned and to act upon. So I guess Again, there, some people are talented, some people are hungry by nature and follow it, and some others um, can adapt it and learn it. Okay. Jem, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. It's very busy season for you, very busy time. And uh, for finding uh, the time to have a conversation, it was very interesting, and I think it will be interesting to our readers and listeners. Thank you very much. Anytime I'm at your service, if you need me, no problem. Thank you for listening a podcast about creativity. We will continue our conversation next week. And remember that everyone is creative. You are creative. So subscribe and train your creativity with us.